So I was thinking, what's it like to do school all over again? That's what I talk about with my friend Phil as we discuss grad school, moving to a new environment, and knowing one's purpose, all while making a bunch of inside jokes. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Phil. How's it going, man? It's going well, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, just over here in cold Philadelphia. Ah, yes. I guess, I guess you're pretty cold where you are, though, too. Yeah, it's actually, uh, it's warm. It's 46 outside instead of negative two. <laughs> I guess that's warm. <laughs> I, mean, I, got, I have friends down in Florida who they're like, yeah, it's 80 degrees right now. So. Oh, my God. I, I would I, I kind of kill for that, and I don't like that heat, but uh, I kind of miss it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, we're all at, at the end of March, so we're probably yeah. our beginning of March. Right. So I'm, I'm just waiting for that warm air to come through. I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah. So I just want to say again, thank you for being on the show. I uh, really appreciate you taking your time. You know, I know we go way back, but for those who aren't really familiar with who you are, would you like to tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you're doing right now? Sure. Yeah. Um, I I am an East Coast boy. I was born in Philly and raised in Maryland, and then had the opportunity to go back to Philly for, of course, where I met you at Penn. <laughs> what a great time! Stories <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not allowed to talk about. <laughs> I was like, hmm. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean uh, academic excellence and all that good stuff at Penn. And <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I'm really interested in music and international affairs. And so with my interest in international affairs, I took that at Penn and majored in international relations. Really enjoyed it and uh, went back to D.C. Wasn't really sure what I was going to do after graduation. And so um, I ended up working for a congressman, and a Northern Virginian congressman, and really enjoyed my time there, but still felt unfulfilled in a little ways. And so I guess almost two and a half years after I graduated, I decided that I, I really wanted to go back to grad school and study uh, international security. And so that's where I'm at right now in University of Denver, Joseph Corbell School for International Studies, proud alumni, including Condoleezza Rice. They didn't pay me to say that, but I'm definitely going to email them after this, like, hey, uh, do you guys, <laughs> I think you guys are sponsoring Phil Davis. Like, <laughs> <laughs> much wishing, so. <laughs> so that's, that's really cool. I guess, like, it's really interesting because so I know for me when I was in school I was just like whatever I can do to get a like job and work yeah. and not be in school again <laughs> I'm gonna do it I had like you know we both had friends that were like I'm pre-med and I, I know exactly what I'm gonna do for the next seven years just go to school and so that always was like really scary to me so for you you said you were unfulfilled but I would love for you to like elaborate on that and what kind of what, when was the moment where you said, all right, you know what, working is really cool and all, but like, I, I really want to go back to school because I think there's something that I left on the table. What was that like for you? Definitely. Yeah, it definitely was a process. And for me, I don't, I don't usually give myself like age limits of like, oh, I need to do this at a certain time. But I did know if I continued in the workforce, I would not want to go back to school because I, I enjoyed having salary and benefits and being able to, you know, afford things. And afford <laughs> things is nice. <laughs> Basic securities of life, dude. It's very, it's very nice. But I, I think the turning point, so one thing I always knew that I wanted to go back to get my master's. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a master's or a JD. I read a book that said, you know, don't go to law school unless, and that really deterred me from going to law school. So I'm a very thing for that book. But my master's, I've always, I, I knew that I wanted to get get one. And I knew that I wanted to, once I started cultivating this passion for international affairs, I wanted to do something that specialized in that way. And I wanted to find a school that was more so a practitioner school, if I'm saying that correctly. Okay. Um, somewhere where you're like, actually, you're hands on doing exactly. Yeah. You know, the job prospects would be strong. And, you know, and a program that's also, I can tailor to my interests. And so that's what I'm finding at Corbell, and some of the other programs that I did apply to. And so that kind of all of those mixed in together and just 
back to the unfulfilled part, like I love my position and I love the job, but I think the whole, the grind of the nine to five and kind of just like sitting in traffic and it's kind of the day to day, it kind of just weighed on me. Um, you know, I like variety and I like different things. And so I look for that in jobs and stuff. And so I just didn't feel, I, I stopped feeling like I was growing as a person or, you know, professionally and stuff. So that's why I was kind of just looking for that next step. And wow. so um, grad school, uh, definitely, it's definitely jump-started that again for me. And that's what I'm really happy about. Yeah, no, that's, thank you for sharing that. I think mm-hmm. it's something that you reminded me of when you said you, you kind of hit that plateau. Like, I think her name is uh, Carol Dweck. Talks okay. about like the, the growth mindset. You know, there's two ways that people can think about the world, putting my psychology hat on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one is the fixed mindset of, okay, my abilities or my knowledge is innate and my talent is innate. As much as I can do, it's always going to get to a certain point and that's it. Absolutely. Whereas people who have a growth mindset who say, mm-hmm. you know, I can learn something new every day. So it's really interesting you bring that up where it's like this yearning for, for more. And, and I know a role I previously had actually before this one, I kind of felt like, you know, this is fun and all. This is, right. I'm doing well at my job, but. I don't feel fulfilled. I moved on. So I I definitely can sympathize with that. But yeah, I I guess going off of that though. So, you know, you taking a step back to Mm -hmm. kind of maybe college or even now, what would you say, you know, is is one of the most important lessons that you've learned either, you know, being in the workforce and then Mm -hmm. going back or now that you're in grad school, I'm guessing it's not the same as being in in college even and it's, it's definitely not the same as being in high school absolutely but yeah. definitely. even though sometimes it does feel like you're back in high school or something you know, really drama that people bring into it yeah it's it's interesting <laughs> interesting adults are interesting for sure i don't know if you're allowed to like talk about like but like is it literally high school drama like oh like he said she said I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna do this tactfully because I love the I love the program and people that are in my program, but okay. it it is sometimes um that some he said, she said BS that it goes wrong, and you know me I mean I I like it because you know I I kind of like to you know just be in the middle and just kind of see you know the tennis <laughs> match go you know get my popcorn on and I'm like okay <laughs> oh you beefing with him oh she beefing with you okay all right you know I. Well, I won't, you know, spread people's business. You know, what I hear, I keep, you know, put it to the grave. I'm like, okay. But, uh, <laughs> you're a third I'm party. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. Third party. I'm like, yo, I, I don't choose sides here. I don't choose it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, my life lesson. I think the, the biggest one that I've learned, you know, coming out of school and, and being in the workforce, I guess the biggest takeaway is that don't have to have your whole life planned out perfectly you know it's great to have a plan it's great to you know plan out you know what you're going to do or you know five to ten year goals you know i think that's mad important but don't hold yourself or don't be so rigid that like when things come up in life whether that's you know personal issues or family issues or you know emergencies that you know happen you have to know how to adapt, you know, adapt to those plans and goals to, you know, fit what's going on with your life. For me, uh, it was, you know, coming out to, from school and kind of knowing what I wanted, but not knowing what I wanted. And so, you know, it's kind of casting a large net of, you know, looking at jobs, but God provided, you know, me with a really great first job to get my feet wet into the, the uh, political and government arena to see if that's what I would like to do. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was train of thought, but but <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. I was I was actually gonna ask a question. So oh, yeah, but <laughs> it was perfect timing. I mean, with that, like, do you because you're at this program, do you feel like there's? I'm I'm assuming there's some clarity, but do you feel like everything like those clouds have all lifted and you're like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I, I have, you know, the next, after I get out of here, I'm, I'm going to go in this job. I'm going to make this money. And this is my career for the next 10 to 20 yeah. years. Cause that happens for some people. But. Absolutely. Yeah. And to those people, I, I commend them so much. Um, I wish I was one of those people. And I wish that, you know, I could say that all the clouds have lifted. There's definitely, <clears throat> I'm definitely getting, you know, clarity of me as a person, what I want in life what I want in a job, 
or as a, you know, as a full career. And, you know, just as in a little example, I, I really love researching and studying transnational criminal organizations. I did my senior year thesis on it. I did a project last quarter on it. And I'm doing two projects uh, right now in, in different classes on, you know, just transnational crime, corruption. And I have an intern set up in the summer that's also going to deal with anti-crime uh, within or just looking at it in foreign areas and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So congrats, you, man. Appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, thank you. Yeah, so you're going to be uh, bringing down Al Ch or I guess not Al, Ch Al Ch yeah. <laughs> yeah, He's already been brought down. So <laughs> I, I got the next Sinaloa uh, cartel leader. That's a Block that out. I don't. I want them to find me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my name is Tom. <laughs> I don't want to die. I don't want to die. All right. Well, we'll we're, you'll take down a a group that is may or may not be in the northern hemisphere. That's right. Yep. We'll, we'll get. We'll stay with that. Exactly. So. Yep. My name is still Tom. If they listen. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, Last day proud? <laughs> yeah, you already know, my man. You already know. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but uh, everybody's like listening to this area and be like, "What, what is going on?" <laughs> Thomas Crown, y'all. That's uh, a side joke, but <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I, I I took I derailed this whole thing, but you <laughs> <Nah. laughs> yeah, <laughs> something about. Uh, so you're, but you're working an internship in a way, I guess, against transnational uh, organized crime uh, and corruption. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, so you kind of know where you're going with that. Yeah, and so that I it feels great because that's one of the um, the agencies that I've always said that I wanted to work for, and so this is an opportunity for me to see if I truly want to work for them or in a capacity as that. Because I've really just stayed on kind of the legislation side with, you know, the UK Parliament, Congress, and even political advocacy and stuff like that. So, oh, no, I guess I had a stint with FEMA before I came to Corbell. It's been a very time. <laughs> <laughs> all the agencies, man. <laughs> all kinds of agencies. If I don't get through the executive branch by the time I'm 60, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you, Phil. Appreciate that. I, I really am. I guess, I guess that's actually, you know, interesting transition because it seems like with that, you, you know, one of the things I think about you as a person, you're a very social person. I would imagine given your extensive breadth of experience across different fields, you probably network with a lot of people, specifically in what you're doing now in grad school. Would you say that's helped you or has that hindered you? I mean, even grad school or the real world. Right. I would I definitely say that being social has helped me both in the real world and and especially in grad school. I'll first talk about the real world. Um, being in D.C. networking is it's it's like it should be a hobby for you if you're in D.C. because you know you go to happy hour or you go to a party and you know the next person wants to know who, what you do, who you know, and you know and not I don't want to say like how you can help them, but you know it's always nice to know like oh I know somebody from so and so. And so it's a very relationship place. I think for a social person, it's it's a great place to be. And, you know, I definitely had a lot of fun in D.C. networking and meeting new people. It definitely helps to be social in that setting. In grad school, I would say that it, it helped me to be social. And it's, it's weird because here I felt like I've had to be even more social than I maybe wanted to be. But, it, you know, it, it was almost like when at Penn, you know, I didn't really know anybody. But it wasn't so far away that from home for me. But here, you know, I'm on miles away from home and from really anybody that I know. I only when I came here, I only knew my my cousins and a couple a couple of Penn people were also here. So you know, going to school, meeting a whole a slew of people, you know, new professors, and you know, trying to network and stuff like that in the evenings. But I couldn't say no to like different social functions that I maybe wanted to have said no to. But I, you know, I want to get my name out there. I want to meet people. I want to see, you know, I hate the phrase like size people up, but I want to, you know, I just want to see who's who and, you know, who, who would ultimately be a best friend or who would be, you know, a really great friend to me, who would be someone that, you know, I keep, I just want to see, you know, who's who. I'm happy to say, you know, I have a great group of people that I trust here and that I have fun with and stuff. And 
can rely on to be, you know, lifelong uh, people in my network. Yeah. So um, being social, knowing when to turn it on and when I can turn it off, you know, having yeah. that balance, it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been great. That's, I, I definitely agree with the turning it on and turning it off. That's something I starkly had to learn because like yeah. in the first position, it was a very social position where I was just talking to people all day. It was very draining. And when I was outside of work, I was still on just going at a hundred percent. And I think quite frankly, it kind of burnt me out um, mm. in my next job. You know, it was so relaxing, like besides like a trip mm. to the UK, like just <laughs> casual. Yeah. 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 yeah, they said, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, you know, um, but uh, you know, after the first week of traveling and stuff like that, I was so happy to just be in an office, just have to worry about talking with coworkers. And some would argue that you still have to. There's a level to being on even in those environments. But like, just the fact that I didn't have to put on a face all the time was awesome. No, I I think for me, I had um, before I came to Corbell, my first job. It was very social and, you know, sometimes I felt, felt that draining, but when I had my other job, it wasn't social at all. And I almost felt like it was even more draining to me because I just wasn't getting, you know, that ability to communicate with people, even if it's, you know, nothing you know personal or anything. It's just like that face-to-face -face interactions. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was just very interesting to see that, you know, I truly need a workplace where I, I can be, have that social outlet. Even if it's a little draining at the time, you know, I can always recharge and stuff. But if there's, you know, a workplace that I'm not allowed to exert that at all, that's even more draining to me. Yeah. I feel like that adds into kind of the extrovert versus yeah. introvert thing. I know for a fact, argue that you're the same way, where mm -hmm. if you're in front of people, it you it can be draining, but you feed mm -hmm. off of that energy in the room. Absolutely. Very easy. Like Goku. Yeah, exactly. He's like <laughs> drawing yeah. that energy in. And, but, um, you know, I think thinking about for, you know, there's obviously people who aren't like that. I think it's, you know, learning to strike that balance is very important. I guess, speaking of striking a balance, hard transition into relocating. So you mentioned before you're on the East Coast mm -hmm. and you, you're now on, I say kind of the West Coast. <laughs> I don't, yeah. like, I don't see it as being the West yeah. Coast because it's yeah. not. It's not right, you know, LA or anything like People that. People are trying to make it like California. Supposedly, really? someone, yeah, someone just said that Colorado is the new Eastern California, and I was like, I don't think that people <laughs> are going to go for that. But, <laughs> Yo, but go like, off, you know. It's the East Coast of the West Coast, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, you, you can try that, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> so I guess with that, though, like, because I, I know, especially Denver, mm -hmm. of all places, mm -hmm. has a really strong music scene. So I feel like you would fit right at home there. Absolutely. But, you know, what has that been like? You know, you said you mentioned that you do have some family there, but you didn't have that support system necessarily of every all your friends and whatnot. Tell me a little bit more about that and just expand on, on that in Definitely. your perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I love Denver. And I've, I've come to Denver almost almost on an annual basis since I was about five or six, okay. um, since I had family out here. So I, I always knew that in some time of my life, I'd love to come out and live here. So I, I think that softened the blow a little bit of like transitioning here. But there was uh, a time when, you know, when maybe my first two weeks, I was like, oh, shit, this is real. I, I'm out, <laughs> I'm out I, here, out here. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm not going back. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't go back. That was a long drive, you know? <laughs> I, I got to live here, live here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's been, it's, it's really been interesting. Even, even like from a like diversity perspective, you know, coming from DC and, the DMV and and Philly, you know, very diverse cities. Yeah. You know, the East Coast really, you know, you go to every you know big city and there's always diversity. And Denver, you, you gotta find that diversity. Once I found my barber, I knew I was gonna be okay. You know, I had to search through a lot of Yelp reviews to find, you know, do they cut black people hair? Is he trustworthy? Yeah. So <laughs> so you know, even <laughs> 
throw into y'all like Clippers. <laughs> like, yeah, you know exactly. You know. Can y'all um, do a fee? All right. Yo, <laughs> next. You're not gonna mess up my shape up. All right. Okay. Okay. I trust you. You know. So little things like that. It's been it's been an interesting and transitioning moment. You know, finding my network and, and working with my, you know, and uh, building it and and uh, it's it's also you know the vibe out here. Um, I mean, I've always loved it. And you know it's very it's 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 inspiring to me to wake up and be able to drive and see the mountains whenever I drive you know whenever I face west you see you know the beautiful uh, mountains and stuff so yeah yeah um, would you say sorry to interrupt um, no it's okay. I was just gonna, gotta ask would you say so in terms of piecing right mm-hmm. how is that compared to say it's, I mean DC I feel like is mm-hmm. up can be up there or feel Absolutely. like it especially if you're in that government kind of space or you know Definitely. international affairs space. Uh, so how is the pacing out there? Does it seem fast paced because you're in a in a city or because mm-hmm. you're going to grad school or is yeah. it kind of relaxed? That's that's a good point. I think I feel like I feel like even in my, like my most stressed out times, it just paces still slower. Really? Um, yeah, which which I like. And you know, my first couple months out here, I felt. Especially driving, you know, like I felt like I was, I mean, not that people don't go quickly and stuff, but there's just some things that, you know, happen to East Coast drivers and stuff, you know, whether it's merging and stuff that you know, <laughs> you're not cognizant of until you're out West and it's like, oh, wow, you, you, you merge pretty nicely. Okay, thank you. You know, <laughs> you don't have people drive on the shoulder for like a mile. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, but, but work wise and stuff, the pacing does feel different. And I, uh, I haven't felt like it be cutthroat at any point or like very, you know, even competition wise, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel in your face all the time. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, there's definitely a different pace out here and the vibe is much more chill than what Philly, DC, New York, what, what they are. So, I mean, that, that too was an adjustment for me. Yeah. Yeah, Just to make sure that, you know, just out here, like acting like you're at, at Penn kind of. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yo, I would never forget. It was, um, I think my like IPE, international political economy class, and uh, someone asked me for notes, and so I was like, "Uh oh, what you trying to do with my notes?" And then she was <laughs> like, "Yo, do you want to, you know, have my study guide for the class?" And I was like, "Uh oh, your whole study guide? You're just gonna give that to me? Are you trying to sabotage me? You trying to give me the wrong information?" And I was like, "Yo, bro, chill out." <laughs> Having you flashbacks. Know? Yeah. It's <laughs> like PTSD. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's no secret, you know, that Penn is an environment that is high stress. I know yeah. I was talking about this with, I think, you know, uh, Dylan um, and he, you know, we were talking about, you know, they're doing uh, some things to try and change that. I mean, what's your, I, I know this is off topic, but what's your mm-hmm. opinion about Huntsman, you know, the, the themed hall of Huntsman, which is, you know, Wharton staple, business school staple, uh, 24 hours. They actually ended that, I think this year. Did they? Wow. So I, I know a lot of alumni were, were kind of commenting on that and mm-hmm. saying, how could you do this? You know, you're just driving people to work in environments that aren't safe. Uh, they're going to do that anyway. You're not, right. this is like symbolic and not necessarily impacting an actual long lasting change towards mental health and whatnot. So I don't know. There's an argument to be had on both sides, but. Right. Wow. I, hmm, just my, like my first take of that. I mean, um, the, the little, the masochist in me is like, oh man, why are you going to deprive all those kids? You know, I look for those nights where, you know, I. Went to Huntsman at nine, and I didn't leave until the sun came up. You know, I mean, like I said, that's a little masochistic here, and you know, it's very, it's unhealthy. So, I'm, what part of me is happy that they, you know, you know, they're taking the steps to, you know, sometimes it felt like you know you had to be at Huntsman, and you know, especially if you knew someone's going to be there, yeah. you know, just so they could can see you work hard, and you know, and you still exhibit that pin face, you know. So yeah, I, I feel. I feel bittersweet about that, but mostly sweet, I would say. Just yeah. from like a looking back and seeing, well, looking forward and seeing, you know, the, the young bloods of, you know, <laughs> a pin, you know, like, y'all, you, you don't have to do that. I agree with you. There's uh, some of my, like, I won't say all of my best memories because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had fun. Um, we both know, I, you oh, know yeah. 
<laughs> we, we were both having fun at, at college. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> work hard, but, play harder. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the work hard side of me is like mm-hmm. some of my best nights were in those Huntsman Halls. Right. Um, some of my, my favorite projects were, you know, I had mm-hmm. to get together at 2 a.m. to right. work with uh, some teammates about stuff. So, you know, th- there is that. But I think especially yeah. in you see in the workplace this work-life balance and right. of saying you can hustle mm-hmm. like there is a hu- time and place to hustle and, and work sure. hard and, and grind but you also have to be mindful it has it's like a, a, a mindful grind right that sounds weird but I, i'm like nah, it makes sense <laughs> so, so yeah. That phrase. yeah yeah but um touch on a little bit but i, I want to go in deeper so you grew up in the dmv area you mm-hmm. know from philly and whatnot you live in philly and and, yeah. and so you get to experience that diversity as you said right. denver i don't think i don't think i'm saying anything mind-blowing but it is it's not necessarily the most diverse place for one reason or another that's a different podcast yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, on why but um for those who either are either minorities or you know just people from a i guess minority background is it is it weird being in that space is it because i'm i'm genuinely curious just because i know even in philadelphia i find myself sometimes in spaces looking around or uh, when i go over to jersey or something like that south jersey yeah. i see myself i'll look around in a space and i'll be like wow okay i'm i'm you know right. i'm one of however handful uh, of black people or just right. a person of color in general so yeah i'd love to get your take on that yeah i i mean i i feel like i <laughs> i've been trained if you will by life experience to be comfortable in in those spaces you know even even though the dmv is very diverse and stuff i still found myself in different spaces where I was the token or, you know, I had to sometimes, I, I read the book and I'm blinking on the author's name, but it was How to Be Black. Okay. And it was, it's a great book. It doesn't really tell you how to be black at all, but, um, you know, he's just talking about his life experiences and how he had to be kind of like the ambassador to all, you know, um, for black people to his white friends or in white spaces and stuff. And I really identified with him in, you know, those instances. How to be black yes. by uh sorry, I I I think I just uh I just Googled Found it. Okay. Yeah, uh How to Be Black by Baratunde. Uh yes. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's on my list to reread because I mean it was it's a it's a great book, especially for people that, you know, have gone to predominantly white institutions and stuff like that. They can definitely identify with what he has to say. So my experiences growing up helped to even when I was uncomfortable per se, being the only one. I can still find some type of comfortability here. Sometimes it does get a little weird, especially once you're outside of the city and you're outside of some of the suburbs of Denver and you get more into, you know, once you get to like Estes Park or Rocky Mountain National Park up north and some of those spaces, it's just like weird to, you know, you see, you know, all these beautiful white people and then you also see some flags. And you're like, wait a minute, what, what are you doing with that? Or you see some MAGA hats, or you see some Trump signs. And I'm like, oh. You know? like, oh, yeah, that's right. We, yep. we're in Colorado, yeah. Yep. I was like, ah, oh, yes, this is, this is America. Oh, yeah, Thomas Gambino. Shout out to him. But, uh, so it does some, yeah, I, I, I can adapt to my situation or, and, you know, to the, to the audience and stuff. So a lot of code switching. And I, I talked to somebody about that, too. Where you know, the, you know, in high school, or just some of my friends would be like, "Oh man, why you why you speak like that, or whatever like that," you know. And so, people call me an Oreo and stuff. So all that that life history kind of just allowed me to be who I am today. You know, when you talk about that, I think back to um, not only mm-hmm. my own, my own experiences in mm-hmm. Florida, mm-hmm. everything's Florida. all good, and then not that uh, I don't know. I I think um. I know there's a rhetoric in the the space right now about the mm-hmm. flag and what it means. Right. But um, when you have somebody who's riding down the street in a Confederate flag, and you're like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the South." 
Gotta yep. remember. <laughs> um, just as little reminders. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just, you know, that, but then also going to Penn. One mm-hmm. of the first classes I, or first things I did was one week, I guess, summer class course called the Africana Summer Institute. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of that was introducing us into uh, the Africana, you know, discipline. And it was a lot of different uh, across the diaspora of yeah. various scholars and, and, right. and readings and whatnot. It was a lot of work, too. Um, but, but you know i learned a lot about i guess just to speak about this experience in scholarly terms mm-hmm. um and that was really interesting a, a different perspective it's one thing to like live through those experiences and then it's another right. to learn about what that what's really going on there and like mm-hmm. to see how it all relates and it's interconnected i mean that's totally a de- departure from everything else that we've been talking about but i think mm-hmm. it's I do think it's interesting to to address because because of Denver and I know right. there's it's an interesting space with probably yeah. you know, the marijuana laws that are going on right. now yeah. and and I know in some areas like California right. said they're going to take back all you know misdemeanor charges for right. marijuana and so I I feel like all these are interconnected I don't know what I'm saying Definitely. I'm rambling. It's completely <laughs> no I'm it's gonna, a good I'm, ramble it's a good ramble thank you but you know just just keep it flowing. I guess, you know, getting to more of the, they're deeper questions. They're mm-hmm. short, they're shorter questions, but yeah, I feel yeah. like they're still deep. So, so for you personally, how do you live your best life? What does that look like on a daily basis for you? Live my best life. I ain't going <laughs> back and forth with you. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to get that and just, cue, like, I, actually for copyright, I probably won't, but I would love to just cue that in. <laughs> yeah, oh, please do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 no question. Um, <laughs> man, living my best life. I anything is acceptable. Don't like. Yeah, I, I truly yeah. want to understand. Like, how does Phil Davis? Like, wakes up. He's like, does like twenty eight Thomas Crown affirmations in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is <laughs> that that's definitely part of it, man. I uh no, I so for me, living my best life. First and foremost, I, I have to come, you know, I have to make sure that my energy is right. You know, my energy and my vibe is right. And, you know, regardless of all the stressors and stuff, as long as I have like a good vibe to go into the day, then, you know, I can achieve whatever I put my mind to, you know? So creating that vibe of positivity around me, making sure that my energy is correct. And then also surrounding myself with people that have good energy, good vibes to give me and not just give, give to me or, you know, just about them, you know, they, they, that's really important to me to live my best life. It also includes, man, uh, being comfortable with who I am, you know, where, where I'm at today in the present, you know, and looking back at the past and seeing any mistakes that I've made and, you know, what I've done to correct those mistakes or the obstacles that I've overcome to get to the place that I'm at today. And, you know, and, and to be happy and to know that, you know, what's coming to me or for me in the future is going to be even better than where I'm at today. And so, you know, having that mindset of, you know, like we talked about the growth mindset, you know, that's, that's totally contributes to, you know, how, how at least mentally and spiritually in, in my soul, how I'm, you know, living my best life, appreciating my blessings, whether that's the material things that I've been blessed with, whether it's the, the friendships and the people that I have around me, my mama, I'm thankful for her and stuff, just giving thanks to where, you know, thanks is, is due. And knowing that you know, there's a man upstairs that you know has has my back, and is ultimately in control of my life, and so you know, asking him to order my steps, accomplishing something you know every day, or having the mindset. Even I think it was Admiral MacArthur. I think who oh, said yeah. like, yeah, once you know you you make your bed uh, every day, and that's like the first accomplishment. And I didn't really read everything else, but that was <laughs> that was part of it, you know. But. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, as long as, you know, there's there's something that I do that day that or um, in the day that either edifies myself or edifies someone else or uh, goes to, you know, to edification in the future, then then I'm truly living, you know, my best life. And, you know, as an extrovert, you know, we like to be outwards a lot. But I think, you know, it's very important to be introspective so you can make sure that you're right first before you, you know, go out into the world and spew, you know bad vibes and stuff you know as long as you're correct then that's truly living 
your best life for me. Try not to go to DJ Khaled because like I could I could rip through all of his lines right now because they're very true too. They don't want you to have breakfast. They don't want you to have <laughs> breakfast. Make sure you start with your day with some egg whites, chicken sausage, water. Yes. <laughs> I've read the book. I to be honest, so for for the audience, uh you're talking about Admiral William McRaven. Yes, uh, that's he McRaven, talks about right. making your bed. Um, but to, to follow you down that rabbit hole, so that book, they sold it, I guess they sold it at a bunch of Urban Outfitters. Um, oh, did they? And so, like, I was at the, you know, there's an Urban Outfitter by Penn's Campus. I used mm-hmm. to live by Penn's Campus. So I'd go to the ICA, which is down, you know, I would be yeah. there a lot. So I'd be at the Urban Outfitter and see it. And it's funny because I'm like, oh, man, I'm about to, am I going to buy a book for Urban Outfitters? And <laughs> And I bought a book from Urban Outfitters, but it mm-hmm. wasn't that book. Okay. I, so instead, I actually bought um, You Are a Badass by Jen, Jennifer Sincero. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's a great book. And so I think, I think like, I didn't, I, I don't think I made a bad choice. I mm-hmm. love that book. Sure. That was kind of the book that really started me on this self-development journey, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. I don't even want to call it that because that gets a little cheap. Right. But it really was like, oh, shit, I got to address some shit in my life. Anyway, <laughs> I guess I see that to say, like, those books are, I feel like they were very similar because I just flipped yeah. through the DJ Khaled one. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, like yeah. DJ Khaled's out here being inspirational. But like, Absolutely. perspective is a funny thing is really yeah. one because you can look at DJ Khaled's book and be like, oh, that's stupid. But look at Jennifer right. Sincero's and they're telling probably the same stuff, but just depending on how you interpret it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was such an aside. My bad. (laughs) No, it's all good, man. But I I guess actually related in some sorts. So, you know, DJ Khaled, Mm -hmm. uh, living your best life. Now, from what you said, Mm -hmm. it sounds like for you, you have your own version of of like what a good life looks like. Mm. And, And so for me, is there a good life? Can anyone aspire to this objective? Like, this is a good life. Like, once mm. you've done these things in your life, mm. you're living the good life. Or is it kind of mm. like, I don't know, like, love to hear your thoughts. I would think that there is, you know, or I believe that there is, you know, a good life. But but you're right in saying, you know, my version of a good life is different from Johnny Sue's version of a good life. And, you know, I don't know where I got Johnny Sue from. <laughs> yes. We're going to go with it. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> if you're Johnny Sue and you're listening Johnny right Sue. now. Exactly. Uh, that was Shout out Johnny Sue, man. That was yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I definitely think that there, you know, the concept of a good life exists, but it's relative. Unless you know there are true pillars that you know show that you know you if you have make this amount of income and this amount of well, I don't, I don't know because you know some people, some of the richest people are some of the saddest people, and you know they yeah. they sometimes wish that they didn't have the fame or the cars, the money, you know, all this stuff or they act out. And so, you know, I, I think we each have our version of the good life and it's, it's about finding what that would look like for you and then what you do to achieve that. Yeah. Some people can make the Rex richest story work. Some people, you know, just stay at a certain level and they find themselves having, living their best life or that, you know, they find themselves having a good life. So. Yeah, I I don't think it's for us to you know judge judge someone's good life unless unless they're like yeah no I'm not gonna say that <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see that for the B side that's that's right <laughs> but um <laughs> okay so I mean I got a couple more questions you can give long answers but they're very short so so the first of the of the three. You already answered one of them was what main, helps you maintain a healthy lifestyle. I don't mm-hmm. know if you want to elaborate on that, but I think you kind of saying keeping yeah. those around you who keep your energy up and also being able to reflect on the positive things in your life as well. Yeah. But if absolutely. you have anything else, let me know. Yeah. I would or, only just say balance. That's the, balance. that's the last thing for that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, now you're not allowed to answer anything else. All right. Oh. On On that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm good, I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Put it in stone. I, I, I guess going on, so the, the last two I really have is is mm-hmm. one, um, 
and we'll do the first one before we go on. But okay. what keeps you up at night? Oh, um, not for me to like, you know, do some therapy on you. Yeah. <laughs> or anything, but, but I <laughs> think it's, it's, yeah, it's really cool to just, you know, put that out there. Um, Definitely. You know, and then talk about it. So yeah. it could be, it could be something as simple as like, yeah, like I'm really scared, scared of clowns. Or it can uh, be, uh, <laughs> or that's why I don't watch scary movies, man. Cause I, I don't, I like to go to sleep and not, you know, have nightmares. Same. You know, my nightmares consist of me saving the world or something. And it's not a nightmare for me. It's like, it's an action movie. But, you know, that's, yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if I can lucid dream and then someone, like, you know, brings up a gun and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, you got a little that. And then I bring in a big old, you know, uh, cock diesel type bazooka zooka. You know? Like, like, oh, you can't mess with me in my dreams. You know, <laughs> this is my so, dream. It's my dream. Yeah, it's my. This is my world. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> definitely not clowns. Um, for me, you know, what keeps me up sometimes it, it my thoughts of I if I'm inspired in some way, uh, sometimes I just need to like get that creativity out. Um, whether it's in a journal, whether that's just like to sing a melody to myself that persists in my head, or just some type of creative outlet um so i can you know be okay and then fall asleep um other time i mean it, there are stressors that keep me up just like the uncertainty of the future yeah i feel like and, that's a know, common one for a lot yeah especially for us 20 20 year old uh, 20 20 somethings yeah you know, that's very common you know everybody's like yeah man i don't know what i'm doing tomorrow <laughs> first of all it, wait as a, as, i'm gonna pause if you're mm-hmm. listening right now and you don't know what you're doing tomorrow mm. And it's nighttime for you because mm. you're, probably, you're probably listening to this in the afternoon. Stop, stop listening and go, go write out some thoughts. Yeah, you got yeah. at least one day in advance. But right, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I don't like to plan things a lot. You know, like people ask me all the time, like, "What are you doing this weekend?" And I'm just like, "I'm not too sure. We'll see." <laughs> but, but I at least know what I'm going to do for Friday. You know, like, yeah. I have that down. You know. Um, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you have stressors in your life uh, in terms of uncertainty and uh, yeah, that's yeah. many people. That's that's yeah. fair. You know, yeah. And I even realized that sometimes when I so I I see myself as a person that can work in ambiguity or like in the gray area where I understand you know black black there's you know things that are black and there's things that are white but there, you know there is this gray area that some people are afraid to touch. And I'm like, nah, I'll dive right through and see what I can do. You know? Yeah. But, <laughs> it's like that but, meme, the, the, like, looking at the butterfly. Is this, yes. <laughs> is this ambiguity? Right? <laughs> That's me. That is me. But what I realized is sometimes with that, you know, it is a burden, especially when it comes to, you know, friendships and relationships. And you kind of exist in this great space. And sometimes that I just, I have a tendency to overthink things. And so when I overthink things, and sometimes rationality kind of flips, it goes out the window for me. So I'm a chronic overthinker. And so, you know, it, it persists in that gray area sometimes. And that keeps me up for sure. I guess, I guess you know, we're at, we're at the last question I have. So just pretty simply, and, you, you know, you just talked about kind of what keeps you up at night. But, but what motivates you? I know a lot of people probably give family. I know for me, that's one of my motivators. Yeah. I was talking with uh, someone, you know, a couple of weeks ago and they said, mm-hmm. you know, really there's this inner drive to just, you know, not mess up. They don't, they hate mistakes. And so they're kind of yeah. like a type A person. And I Definitely. thought that was really cool because I'm like, I make mistakes all the time. Mm-hmm. I, that would drive me crazy. So Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm thankful for my mistakes, but uh, yeah. Yeah. that's a good question. Man. I have two, two and a half things. Definitely family. You know, I do what I do. You know, for my mom, I come from a very small family, and so you know, for the last twenty or so years, it's it's really just been me, and my mom, and of course we've had my you know aunts and uncles and extended family and you know friends and stuff. But you know, we are we're the core of the the Davis team, and so you know, I do. I work hard and, you know, my mom's a big motivator for me. She's, you know, been a big supporter of me and, you know, has been the one to tell me, you know, I can 
do anything that I set my mind to. And you know that um, she's always been in my corner. And so she's a huge part of my support system, huge part of you know what motivates me. My father, he passed when I was young. And so his legacy and his memory, and when I talk to my uncles and you know his friends and they tell me about him and stuff, it, it empowers me and to know that I've I come from such you know a, a powerful and and strong person and I still have fond memories of him and so that honoring his his memory and his legacy definitely propels me to do what I do and it's also one of the reasons why I'm very interested in a transnational crime as as I thought about it I was like wow I'm kind of following the footsteps of my father in a way so um th- those are two and then the the other thing is just you know my purpose or I still don't technically have like a hard, like, this is my purpose in life. This is what I'm going to do, you know, but (laughs) with with that, you know, I, you know, I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses and I know that I am destined for some type of greater purpose, whatever. God's put me on this earth for something. There's been times in life where he could have taken me out, but I'm still here. So I, I I have hey. something to give, you know. Hey. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> this is like a whole deep, heartfelt answer. I'm like, hey, <laughs> get it, Phil. <laughs> Stay alive. <laughs> Don't do that again, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> there's there's been some times, but uh, but no. So I mean, so those those were really you know my big motivators. Just, just as an aside, one of my big motivators is my future dog. I, I would like to get about three dogs, so I need to. I need to make sure I that I forgot about this. <laughs> I, I forgot that you you have them like from. I think that was like one of the first conversations we had. You were like, "Yeah, might have been." Like, because literally, I was like, "Oh, do I need to know that you're gonna have these dogs?" <laughs> and you're like, "Yes, yes. I want." <laughs> In this order, <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing you know about me, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, and that, that hasn't changed, man. I'm, I, oof, man, oh yeah, no, I need, I need my golden, I need a German Shepherd, and and I, I they could, it could be a Los Dos of the two, or it can be like a German Shepherd uh, Husky mix or something. But yeah, I need, I need three of them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm already coming up with names with them too. So it's, it's yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like by this point you should have the. I guess uh, you know until you actually get them, you're, yeah. you yeah, pick a better name. But right, ex- exactly, yeah. But I definitely want at least two to be uh, Greek heroes, Greek heroes, and then maybe the other one will be um, something from like Zulu culture or something. Okay. Wakanda, maybe. Yeah, I'll do Wakanda. Too. I you know I I just I just came off of watching Black Panther. Yo yo, when exactly. we tweeted that night. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I was like, I'm doing it. I am doing it. <laughs> for, for background, so after the Oscars, I literally was on my way home listening to the Black Panther original soundtrack. Mm. I was like, man, Black Panther is such a good movie. Mm. I'm, I'm going to watch it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and literally, I, I'm looking down on my phone, on Twitter, and Phil Davis is just like, yo, I'm about to watch Black Panther. I was like, man. <laughs> That's, That's my perfect. little. <laughs> exactly. Like I was like, you couldn't write it better. Yeah, it's so oh, good. Yeah, that's perfect. It's just, it's an incredible thing. It's absolutely. Yeah, and like, the soundtrack too. Just oh my gosh. Yeah, but okay. I'm I'm gonna keep talking and recording this. It's probably yeah. not gonna make it in, but yeah. The the one thing is like Black Panther. Like a lot of the soundtrack isn't actually in the in the movie. Like it's parts, yes. bits, and pieces. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. I remember most of it. I don't know. I think it's like that, um, the Bernstein Bears thing that I forgot the effect they call it, where like a whole group of people imagine something that didn't happen. I'm oh, feeling is that, that the butterfly effect. No, um, oh. I'm going to forget it. Um, I, I'm not going to remember it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, definitely, I, I know what you're referring to, but I definitely don't know the name. Quick, someone out there. Who knows what it's called? Please help. Help. Send help. Yeah. All right. No, we're not gonna get. Anyway, um, <laughs> I get now. I guess this is gonna make it back into the the show. But um, <laughs> I guess I guess that's a good transition. Now it's it's like 
past my bedtime for sure. Mm. Um, that is one thing that I found at, like, I don't get enough sleep, but you know, sleep now has become not the focal point of my life, but it's become mm -hmm. one of the things I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about how much sleep I'm going to get today. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to get oh, yeah. enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm like, man, I'm about to take a couple of naps tomorrow at work, but mm. I feel that, man. hopefully my job doesn't hear this and fire. <laughs> earmuffs, earmuffs job, earmuffs. <laughs> but yeah, Phil, thank you so much for, for just hopping on the mic to, to just kind of talk and whatnot. This has been really fun. I don't know if you enjoyed this. Nah, I man, it. I've had a blast, bro. I, you know, like, yeah, man, this, man, if you, if you need another guest, let, let, let me know, man. All let right. me know. <laughs> <laughs> but right. no, man, it's been great talking to you. No, we're going we're gonna to do uh, round two definitely soon. That's what's up. So, uh, you know, definitely enjoy this. Uh, I, congrats on the internship. Appreciate uh, that. I'm glad that, you know, you're in grad school and figuring things out for yourself. Uh, yeah. That sounds really cool. I wish yeah. you the best of luck. Until next time, talk to you later, Phil. Bye, man. Peace out. And that's the show. Please let me know what you think by leaving a review or writing a rating, as that will help others find this podcast. Thank you for your interest in living your best life and not necessarily the good one. Until next time, live, laugh, and learn. Uh, classic Tom Booten overthink. Inside joke. <laughs> That's a whole different. That's a whole other level. I, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that out of the box. <laughs>